0: Welcome to episode number 86 of the Marine Layer Podcast. The Mariners sign Mitch Garver. Happy holidays. We will react. Before we start the show, here's your reminder
1: to download our episodes, leave us a five-star review, and follow the show wherever you listen to your audio side of the pod. Go watch on YouTube where the full video podcast is. Like, comment, subscribe over there. And follow us on social media where we're on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube shorts, at Marine Layer Pod.
0: Let's get it rolling. And we welcome you to this episode of the Marine Layer Podcast, part of the Just Baseball Podcast Network, recording here on Christmas Eve, Sunday, December 24th. And the Mariners' offseason has officially begun the addition phase. They have signed Mitch Garver for a two-year, $24 million contract. Initial reaction, right off the bat, the Mariners have their Full-time DH for the 2024 season. So refreshing that they have finally accepted. They just need to put a dude in that spot to hit. And it's a guy that we're very high on. I think we
1: can also sit here and react to the fact that Mariner's offseason officially not dead. It's
0: officially not dead. It is not. it, It is not dead. I think people's worst fears are now past. The worst fear was only salary dump, no addition. But now... We have seen an in addition. I don't think it was the addition everyone necessarily wanted. I don't think Mitch Garver is going to be a unanimously uh, approved signing at this moment. It is for us. It is on this podcast. And I think if you look at it fairly, I think it should be unanimous. But it won't be, right? Because I think a lot of people wanted Sol- Soler, Jorge Soler. You could have argued he's a better hitter. You could argue he has a better re- track record of health. And you could have argued, you know, there's more connections there would make more sense. He would be less depressed, I guess his power would be less depressed by T-Mobile Park than anyone else. However, that's not the case because Mitch Garver is now a Mariner for two years and $24 million. The price indicates that they probably could not afford Jorge Soler. I'm going to guess Soler's price was a little bit higher than they were willing to to pay for. So when Mitch Garver comes up and that price is rolled out and they realize, yep, for what our budget is, that's affordable and this is going to make the Mariners better.
1: Well, now that Mitch Garver's a Mariner, and the odds of them signing Jorge Soler are probably slim, let's just start doing mental gymnastics here. Number one, Mitch Garver, higher WRC plus than Jorge Soler last year. Mitch Garver, higher war than Jorge Soler, despite playing in way less games. Mitch Garver played in just under 90 games. Soler played in just under 140 games. So you can look at it like that. In almost half a season, Mitch Garver put up a higher war. And a better WRC plus than Jorge Soler did in about one hundred and thirty five hundred and forty games. So let's just start doing the mental gymnastics here. We are st- we are now tabbing because it fits the narrative. Mitch Garver better signing than Jorge Soler.
0: Wow, that's bold. <laughs> that is bold. And I and we were discussing before is like, is there any chance they still do sign Soler? I, I say probably not, unless you want him playing in the outfield, which. I'm going to take one look Lyle at Jorge Soler's body type and his move his movement and I'm I'm just going to I'm going to go out there and say probably don't want him out in your outfield this season. So, I think Mitch Garver is going to be the guy at DH. And when I say DH, some of you might look and say, "Oh, well Mitch Garver's a catcher." And he is a catcher, but the fact is that the Mariners will have Cal Raleigh and Sebby Zavala as their catchers this season. I, I have a very hard time seeing Mitch Garver going behind the plate this year for any sort of regular role. I think he is more of a fit in the DH spot, most importantly to keep him healthy because that has been a real struggle of his throughout his career is staying healthy. And his best course of action for staying healthy is being a DH only and not getting behind the plate, not getting beat up, and being the most valuable version of himself, which is swinging the bat. He's not going to win a platinum glove back there. So if he's not going to do that, I'd rather just milk every ounce out of his bat as possible and just let him hit
1: there's a couple of hurdles with that i'm going to respond to a couple of things you talked about number one you don't even ha- just have to do the eye test with jorge soler no he plays bad defense out in the outfield i was trying to do some hurdles too thinking to myself oh could they still sign him? could they still think about just throwing him out in the outfield and just say okay we'll take his bad defense with his bat no you won't i mean he, his defense is next level bad out there it might it, like it's jesse winker level bad now to the part about Garver, Garver has played over a hundred games once in his entire big league career, one time. So I think that the Mariners see this as a way to, let's get Mitch Garver off his feet more. Let's not ask him to catch. Let's just have him DH. And if we do that, who says he can't play a full season? Because if he's not behind the plate, if he's not squatting down back there, if he's not trying to throw runners out and he's just focused on hitting, he could probably play a full season. So I think that that is where the Mariners stand. that Zavala will be the backup catcher and they will tell Mitch Garver, "Hey, just hit."
0: And if you want to go hear a, a more complete full breakdown on Mitch Garver as a player, we addressed Mitch Garver in our off-season wishless episode, Lyle. We officially have made the wish list. We have made the wish list make an impact. We have done that. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode that we did when the offseason just started, we did more of a specific statistical breakdown of Mitch Garver, but let me just be frank Lyle. Let me just be frank. This dude rakes. He crushes. This this is what this dude does and he has made their DH spot now significantly better.
1: Absolutely. And the Mariners have had a turnstile of DHs for how many years now? Since Nelson Cruz left? I mean, yeah. you, know what the, you know what the discourse was at the end of the year last year is the Mariners are fighting for a playoff spot and they've got a bunch of utility guys in that DH spot. Well, they finally said, like you mentioned at the start of this pod, forget all that. Let's get a guy in there who is a true DH, who hits, who rakes, who can hit home runs, who's going to get on base. That's what Garver does. And you know what? He does kind of fit the Mariners' narrative here because what do the Mariners keep talking about this winter? We want guys that get on base. We want to cut down on strikeouts. Mitch Garver's not a low strikeout guy, but he's not a high strikeout guy. Last year, he struck out a little less than 24% of the time. I would call that perfectly manageable, especially when he walked nearly 13% of the time last year. Mitch Garver's going to get on base. So not only will he hit with power, he walks, and he is not a high strikeout guy. So there's a lot of reasons. This makes a lot of sense for the Mariners.
0: I mean, this dude in three of his premier hitting seasons, a 155 WRC plus, a 139 WRC plus, and then this past season, a 136. Yeah. So that way he would have been the best hitter on this Mariners team last season had he suited up and played. And, you know, he's not going to probably not have a 130 WRC plus in T Mobile Park. I'd imagine that comes down a little bit, but. I mean, you and I were talking about in past episodes, like what is a 110 to 115 WRC plus of that DH spot due to this roster? Like, what does it do to the lineup thinking about what that number was last season and how far it goes up? I mean, we're talking about a over 40 percent increase in production with even a 110 WRC plus. That's immense. That's literally like adding an all league player. To that position, and it doesn't have to be an all league player. It literally just needs to be a good hitter. <laughs> That's how low the bar has been set. It would do if if Mitch Garber was on this team last year,
1: they would have been in the playoffs. If yeah, he had been perfect. on this team and put up those numbers last year, they're in the playoffs. There's look, there's no certainty that his WRC plus goes down because what's the whole point of the stat? It's not ballpark dependent. So yes, is hitting in Seattle easy? No, it's not. But those numbers are. Those numbers say. No matter what ballpark you're playing in, here's what your production would be. And last year, actually, I think I think you're you are slighting Mitch Garber a little bit here. Now we're nitpicking, but his, his number last year was 138. So he was even oh. he was a tad little bit better than 136. So, I'm getting
0: old, Lyle. I can't. My, my eyesight's going.
1: Well, dog, that's why there's two of us here on the podcast, oh, isn't okay. there? <laughs> I got you. And you've got me with, you know, things that are not my strong suit. It's okay. Mm. I, which, which do exist. So that's why we balance each other out. Um... Where was I going? Oh, yeah, I, I think he could hit in T-Mobile Park. May, okay, maybe it comes down to, I don't know, 126, 127 if he's on the field and does what he's supposed to do. But I don't see why he can't have a really good offensive season again. I think, I mean, again, I think this guy fits exactly what they're trying to do. Power, walks, low strikeouts, you just ask him to hit in DH.
0: How on brand is it that Jerry Depoto just, like, was ignoring the holiday? just, just, everyone else has put their phones down, they're getting ready for their Christmas Eve dinner, you know, working in the kitchen, chopping the vegetables. If you're eating meat, you're eating fish, whatever you eat on Christmas Eve and spending time with your family and laughing and maybe sitting down and watching you know, a quarter or two of NFL football, just relaxing because it's been such a tense off season. But Jerry's the one GM that's actually like out on the back deck with, like, with his AirPods in on the phone during, during Christmas Eve preparations. Like, Jerry... Jerry, come in. We need, we need some help with the proposition. No, 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 no. I'm almost done with this. I'm almost done. And he got it done.
1: So Jerry makes a move on Thanksgiving Eve when he traded Gino, and now he makes a move on Christmas Eve when he signs Mitch Garver, and that is all on top of back in Thanksgiving of 2016 when he traded for Gene Segura and Mitch he, like Jerry DePoto must have this mindset of, yeah, I bet you there's a lot of front offices that take the holidays off. Well, we're not because you know what happens if we take the holidays off? We can get a leg up on people.
0: Yeah, what if Mitch Garver had he was what if he had the same deal on the table from two different teams, but Jerry took the time out of Mitch Garver's Christmas Eve to secure the deal? Like Mitch Garver realized like, man, this guy will sacrifice some of his Christmas Eve to sign me. Shows dedication. That's big time dedication from Jerry and Justin. It, it yeah, it really is. That's funny. But regardless, um, as long as you're not, I would say in my summary on this, as long as you're not concerned with Mitch Garver's health, which there is concern there. Again, he has played a hundred games once in his big league career, which spans back to 2017. So uh, if you are really concerned about his health, then you have every right to be concerned about the signing and concerned about the viability of the signing, because you know, twelve million dollars is in and and for what the market we've seen currently is not a lot of money. But if Mitch Garver's only on the field for 50 games, you're not really getting your money's worth. So that would be an actual concern, and you'd only get a third of the season with an actual DH. But I don't really think I'm concerned with injuries at the moment because I think it's more important you have a guy there than just sitting here fretting about him getting hurt in December. I mean, that's it's so long away at this point. They need somebody in there, period. I don't care if there's injury issues. I don't care you know, what on the field issues there are if the dude hits then he hits and he should be in that lineup
1: and it lengthens the lineup for sure I can't worry about injuries in December similar to you and also I feel like his chances at injuries are now going to be massively cut in half because if he's not catching and he's just hitting how many chances do you really have to get hurt DHing of course anything can happen you can't predict the future but if he is going to hit Get on base, run the bases, and then do it all over again a few times a night. It seems pretty risk-avoidant, if I had to say so myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. So w- we'll see. I think this is best of both worlds in that case. Which, oh man, I'm just so happy there's a DH. I mean, I mean, we're at least we're not gonna we're not gonna have to worry about uh, like. Well, can I take you back? Like, we're we're weren't the only people who do this. Can we take you back to opening day last season in 2023? I remember sending you a text message as soon as I saw that opening day lineup and I was looking at it. I said, Tommy fucking Listella is (laughs) DHing," And you're like, dog, dog, dog. It's opening day. Don't worry about it. Things will sort itself out as the season went on. Well, unfortunately for you, Lyle, Things did not sort themselves out at the DH position. The The names changed. The production did not. However, when we get to whatever opening day is this season, and I see Mitch Garver on that spot, I'm not going to send you a text message that says, Mitch fucking Garver, DH opening day? No, you'll send me a text that says, Mitch fucking Garver, DH
1: opening day. Yeah. Like, like hit it home, all caps, yeah. saying let's go. A real DH. Yeah, that was... <laughs> That was a uh, that was a freezing cold take of mine saying, oh, it'll be fine. Tommy Listella is not going to be there that long or they'll figure out a solution at DH. Yeah, they did not. They did not no, figure out no. a solution at DH.
0: No. And um, at least like this is it's showing some evolution of thought. Like remember with Nelson Cruz, Jerry did not inherit. Jerry did not sign Nelson Cruz. Jerry inherited Nelson Cruz. So whether it was his philosophy or not, he was not just out of wanting to be more versatile just going to say yeah Nelson Cruz you're our best hitter but we don't want a a DH only in our lineup we want that spot to be rotating it a little bit no nelson you can kind of stay there but since nelson's contract expired jerry has gone the versatility route and it's been a massive failure to be honest it has been a massive hole in the lineup year in and year out and the results of versatility haven't really been proven have they been proven? I don't think so. Like the lineup's not necessarily healthier. They haven't really stacked that DH spot with many guys that have been consistent. And there's no notice of, what's a good word for it? Like that having that spot to rotate guys in has been actually beneficial. Mm-hmm. We, I don't think we have any evidence on that. So because of all of that, getting a guy that will actually sit in that spot the entire season is refreshing. Very very, very refreshing. Now, to those saying
1: maybe and maybe there is some out there giving this thought of is Sebby Zavala still going to be on the roster? Would they just throw Mitch Garver into catch once a week? The more I think about it, I don't think so. I think Zavala one they like his defense, and two this is what they're going to do to try to keep Garver healthy. So I would prepare for Zavala and obviously Cal to be the two catchers, and for Garver to DH most of the time. Because the other part of this is garver's defensive metrics are not good behind the plate so not only has he had health issues because of all the time he spends catching he's not a good defensive catcher like what he what he is valuable for is his bat and to mash
0: and to hit homers and to get on base so utilize that another think about this this is essentially like a better version of tom murphy to be honest murphy could yeah. catch but like like let's let's think back to like how tom murphy was used last year for the mariners it was down the stretch, he was the DH. He was the primary DH, even though he had some catching duties. He was still in the lineup. They're hitting, so now it's going to be what Tom Murphy's role was last year, except they're just DHing Mitch Garver. He's not going behind the plate.
1: Well, Tom, and Mur- also
0: they're both injury prone too.
1: I was so, well. I was going to say if Tom Murphy had been DHing down the stretch, they might have gotten into the playoffs. The problem is right. they didn't have him down the stretch because he was hurt most of the second half of the season. But right. yes, that is a good comparison. Right-handed pop. Gets on base, can hit for power, and Garver is a much better version of it because, again, he walks a lot. He has shown it more consistently over an elongated period of time, and he can just flat-out hit. He can flat, we've seen him do it over multiple years. I know he had the juice ball year in 2019 where he had crazy numbers, but still, 139 WRC plus in 21, 138 WRC plus in 23. When he's on the field, he can hit. So where do the Mariners go from here? I would like to congratulate them because what have we talked about? We said they needed four bats now this winter after all the moves they'd made of getting guys off this team. I would like to congratulate them. They have now made an impact signing. So now they have three to go. Do I actually think they're going to sign three more? I have my doubts. If they can sign two more, find two more more real bats the rest of this offseason, I will say good on you guys. You have addressed the issues for the most part. So clap it up for them. They have made one signing. It's not enough, though. They've got to go do more
0: they do have to go do more. And I'm going to end my train of thought here on this uh, emergency Christmas Eve podcast with, so we're planning this upcoming week where we're going to mock the Mariners lineup. And I was, Lyle, I was really kind of looking forward to having another week of saying like, who's going to hit fifth? (laughs) And seeing who we would end up choosing to pencil in there in that five spot I mean, like, Wow, I don't think the comments are gonna like this very much. I don't think people are gonna like looking at this on paper. So I'm thankful it actually kind of makes our job a little bit easier this next week.
1: Well, if by Friday there haven't been any more transactions, it still may be a talking point. But for now, what are the first five? It'll be JP, Julio, Cal, Garver,
0: Ty. Yeah.
1: That's that is that is better than it was just a few hours ago.
0: Right. So it again. As I said in our social media post, it gives people, allows them to breathe a little bit. Breathe and let the worst case scenario, what people thought of this offseason that they were only going to salary dump and not spend it all in really penny pinch and let that thought sort of go away into the wind. Like, let it go. Let it go. Because that's not the case now. They have spent and we're anticipating they're going to do more. Now, we bo- we've said, you just said it. I'm going to say it here. Like, this isn't enough, period. Not enough. They're still, they might be with a healthy, like, say Mitch Garver sets his record of games played. Say he plays 130, 140 games. I'll say the Mariners are slight, only now slightly worse lineup-wise than they were last year. Only slightly worse. So now you need to go get that guy to put you over at least what last year's production was. And maybe we'll break this down more on Wednesday's
1: podcast, but... The market does get interesting now because where are their needs? It's outfield and it's third base. Outside of Matt Chapman, who we already labeled as not the greatest fit for the money he's going to demand, there's not a whole lot of options out there right now that say, yeah, perfect fit for the Mariners. Go get that guy in the free agent market. So maybe it comes through some trades now moving forward. Maybe they sign somebody we're not expecting. It's going to get interesting because there are no clear cut fits the way somebody like Garver or Soler was. So now where we go from here, I think we'll be on the balls of our feet.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to see. And, we're, and I think it, again, will all come down to, depending on the impact, whether or not Jerry wants to trade any of his pitchers. Like, that's always an option. It's always an option. He says he doesn't want to do it. But if you and I are sitting here saying they clearly need more bats, and they by bats we mean impact bats, you're not going to sign one. That's probably what it's going to take. And to cap it off, it's time to continue getting uncomfortable. It is, it, we got to continue doing that.
1: Although it, make, it might get harder and harder for him because I'm sure they, just like all Mariners fans did this past week, saw that Bryce Miller splitter in his Twitter mm. video, and that thing looked pretty deadly, especially when the numbers
0: popped up. So, so hear me out. Then you're like, well, so you see Bryce Miller has a splitter now. Uh, I will take Gunnar Henderson straight up.
1: <laughs> sign me right up for that.
0: I <laughs> love that idea. You know what?
1: If I were Mike Elias, I'd sign seal and deliver it right now.
0: Yeah. Sign it up. Let's do it right now. Why don't we just get that done right now on Christmas Eve? Why, why even delay? Do you have, do you have Elias's phone number? Let's call him right up. I'm sure we could find it. I'm sure we could dig it up. Yeah. Let's
1: do that. Let's stop this podcast here and go dig up that phone number All right, to get, let's do to get it, it going. So. That'll just about wrap up this short edition of the Marine Layer Podcast. You guys know the drill. If you want to listen to the full, full-form podcast, you can do so wherever you get your audio pods. Make sure to download the show, leave us a five-star review, and follow the, show, follow the show wherever you get your audio pods. Like, comment, subscribe on YouTube, where the full video podcast is, and follow us on social media, on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube shorts at Marine Layer That's TJ. I'm Lyle. As always, we thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon.